This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'd, I'll, I'll never go back. Uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. Yeah. I'm too old. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. Want to send a special welcome to a, a group of Hillsdale County folks who have given me indication that they may be tuning in tonight for their first ever episode of Horsepower Happenings. Uh, trying to bring a new following over after some things that have happened in the last week or so. So welcome to all of you. It's time to get into what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Owasso Speedway will host one of the biggest late model events of the season in 2023. The CRA Masters of the Pros 184 will feature 184 laps around the renovated Owasso Speedway for a chance at $10,000 and the coveted green CRA Masters jacket. The upcoming CRA Speed Fest has a NASCAR flair to it this year with multi-time Cup Series winner David Reagan strapping in. He'll be behind the wheel of the number 17 Byron Outdoor Superstore Pro Late Model for the JEGS CRA All-Stars portion of Speed Fest. And finally, Kyle Larson, one of the winningest drivers of this generation, is set to make his Indianapolis 500 debut in 2024. The 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion will pilot a HendrickCars.com sponsored Chevrolet for Aero McLaren. Larson will be teamed up with 2016 Indy 500 Alexander Rossi, 2021 IndyCar champion Alex Palou, and series frontrunner Peto Oward in that race. And those things and so much more happening tonight on another episode of Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. I could finally hear you a little better this week. Last week was a was was kind of interesting. You didn't have a prayer last week, did you? No, yeah. I didn't have a prayer last week. And and this week, I got to be careful. These long stories and these long interviews, man, them vocal cords don't last as long as, as, long as they used to. I got to be careful. I get a little strung out there. Well, it's nice to have you back, man. Uh, What'd you do this weekend? Did you get to watch any racing? I'm going to tell you what, man. That Flow Racing subscription got a workout this week uh, because it was a fun week for dirt track fans across the nation. Not only the Chili Bowl Nationals in action all week, which we'll talk about coming up, but the Wild West shootout from Vado Speedway Park in Vado, New Mexico, was in action as well. And things actually began a week ago yesterday when the $2 million man, Jonathan Davenport, grabbed a quick $10,000 after passing Bobby Pierce for the lead on lap 27. Davenport doubled down on Monday night, leading all 40 laps to grab another easy 10,000. And then Superman had to fend off a hungry Kyle Larson, who threw multiple slide jobs in an attempt to steal the show. After a two-day break, the Wild West shootout was back in action. And again, it was George's Davenport who fired the pistols at the end of 30 laps, signing another $10,000 check. Rich, quick math, that's three for three for Jonathan Davenport at this point in the week. Uh, here's the deal. 
clean sweep at this point made it look easy and as though he was on his way to a $300,000 bonus as part of the Penske Racing Shocks pay dirt jackpot if he was to sweep the week. So he had to win all week to get $300,000. Well, that dream was halted Friday night when Bobby Pierce got his revenge. After a lap 18 slide job on Davenport to take the lead, Pierce survived a late race caution and grabbed his first career win in a Longhorn chassis. Saturday saw the defending Wild West shootout champion finally break through for a win, that of Mike Marler. The Tennessee veteran outpaced Davenport and Larson for the victory, getting his own taste of $10,000. Finally, the shootout came to a close Sunday night in what some are already dibbing the race of the year, and I tend to say it could be a front runner as well. Davenport started the show as the early leader and favorite, but could not shake the close competition of Pierce, Larson, and Marler. In fact, the pressure got to Davenport after he lost the lead uh, to Pierce as he jumped the cushion and put the 49 car in the fence. That left things up to Pierce and Larson to decide it all, and Larson couldn't get within a couple of car lengths of the smooth operator, and Pierce would collect another win, and this time a $25,000 payday to go with it. Davenport, however, was crowned the Wild West Shootout champion, and uh, dates, by the way, have already been announced for next season's Wild West Shootout at Vado Speedway Park. That'll be January 6th through the 14th, with late models again headlining the event. You know, I, I watched that last night, too, Zach, and... You know, I don't know how you make it make a bid for race of the year six races in. I know, I know. But but that was unbelievable. It was a fantastic show. And especially on these slide jobs in lap traffic. Especially to a couple of those shows throughout the week, the track kind of really slicked off and it didn't really have a lot of racing in it. That show last night was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, go find the highlights. And I think it would have been even better if Davenport doesn't get in the wall down in turns one and two. Oh, absolutely. Once he gets in the wall, that car is no longer what it was. Yeah, Davenport and, ended up uh, finishing sixth in that one. He lost three spots with getting into the fence, and he never could recover. Yeah, yeah, but uh, what a race with Marler and, and and Larson and Bobby Pierce. It was just um, it, it was just unbelievable. I, it, it, we'll have to remember this one. Put a check mark on it yep. as we work into the season and when, start remembering. When we get to December, we're going to have to try to go all the way back to January 15th and say, was this <laughs> yeah. race of the year? I don't, man, it's been a long season. But Zach, as you, as you mentioned, it was a great week to be a dirt racing fan. Uh, let's talk Chili Bowl Nationals now. A total of 364 drivers from across the nation flooded the Tulsa Expo Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the 37th annual Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals after a full week of prelim nights, which I couldn't watch them all, Zach. I, I just couldn't because I knew what was coming up on the weekend. Um, a field of just 24 of the greatest midget racers was set to battle for 55 laps around the quarter-mile indoor track. Uh, Suter California's Logan Seavey held off a charge from Tanner Thorson to grab his first career golden driller, driving the number 39 for Kevin and Jordan Swindell. The trophy makes the CV, the 23rd different driver to hoist the iconic trophy. Thorson held on for second, Cannon McIntosh third, Shane Golubek fourth, and Emerson Axum would round out the top five. And Zach, notably drivers from our area, uh, Adrian's Darren Nida came, uh, came to an end in the second E-Main, where he would finish 12th, so a nice run for him up to the E. Taylor Ferns of Shelby Township struggled in the same E-Main, her night ending in 17th position. Carson Hosovar fell just short of uh, transferring out of the second G-Main feature when he finished sixth. And behind him, uh, Fenton Stever when came home ninth. 
Jesse Denome of Escanama saw his night come to an end in the second M main after transferring out of the N main. So uh, I, I like soup in, in moderation, Zach. Yeah. A um, little bit too much soup for me. I had to kind of watch the end of the nights instead of watching it all go through. And I surely couldn't sit there and watch it all day, starting with M all the way up to the B's. I couldn't do that. Well, they actually were going to start with uh, O and P features, but they were able to scrap those on Saturday and go right to M. And uh, I was doing some work in the home office, fired it up on the TV. Listen, when you're that deep in the soup, you're not watching. It's just on for background noise at that point because, yeah, it's a lot going on. Let's keep the open wheel theme going on the dirt. The Great Lakes Super Sprints presented by Pro and ARP released their 2023 series schedule on Sunday featuring a whole new north, south, and tour format after the acquisition of NRA Sprint Invaders Tour at the end of 2022. Now, the north region will represent the traditional GLSS schedule that fans have come to know and love with stops at I-96, Crystal, Butler, Merritt, Tri-City, Hartford, and Silver Bullet. The South region is comprised of traditional NRA stops like Lima Land, Waynesfield, Fremont, Attica, or excuse me, Atomic, and Eldora. On weekends where the North and South aren't competing against one another, those races will be part of the tour, where the North and South come together for one big weekend of racing. Season kicks off with the NRA at Waynesfield Raceway Park Saturday, April 8th. GLSS gets underway with a doubleheader weekend on Friday, April 21st to 996, and Saturday, April 22nd at Crystal Motor Speedway. On Saturday, August 5th, the NRA Series will crown a champion from Eldora, while GLSS will crown a champion September 2nd at Crystal. Both the North and South regions feature a total 14 shows, plus six tour dates, three to be announced on the schedule, and one USCS co-sanctioned weekend at I-75 Speedway in Nyota, Tennessee. A look at the full schedule and more information can be found on our website, horsepowerhappenings.com. Uh, we released a schedule uh, story today that goes through and, and really details and breaks down that whole entire schedule. When you look at it, Rich, it's over 30 dates, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is a huge GLSS schedule. But really, once you break it down, it's the same amount of races that everybody's come to know and love and, and is used to with GLSS. Uh, notably, in that schedule, a return to Merritt and Tri-City, one date each, here in 2023, something that those fans have been calling for for quite some time. Yeah, I didn't notice. When I first looked at it, Zach, I said, I, I, I saw that 28 sket, twenty-eight races, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then I thought about it and, I, and then started analyzing it, and then you start saying, okay, this one's this one, this one, this one. And, and, and it's not any bigger uh, because if you go back to last fall, you have to remember – that Barry picked up NRA and, and, and that they're going to run a separate Southern series right. for that as well. So yeah, a lot of stops at line of land, which is traditional for NRA. Uh, again, a full breakdown on our website, horsepowerhappenings.com. It's color coded. It's, it's, it's in there. It's, it's a nice looking uh, little schedule breakdown that you can find right there on our website. Well, now we go to a little more dirt racing uh, information here on the program tonight on horsepower happenings and uh, bringing a gentleman on. Um, been kind of quiet this winter. I got to spend a weekend with him at Woodtick. Uh, had a lot of fun with his race team. Makes his home in Traverse City, Michigan. Brandon Thurlby, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Man, big news. I'm going to jump into it right away. We're going to bust it out. I heard over the winter you made Leah an honest woman. What's going on with that? <laughs> well, yeah. that's, that's the big you know, news. After, that's, that's the thing that we couldn't well, believe he did is we, we brought him on about that. Oh, that's good well, stuff. 
we're probably we were rushing things a little bit after eleven and a half years. So yeah, um, and and, 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 and a little bit eleven and a half years and a little one, and yeah, I think you guys probably yep. jumped in a little quick, don't you think? Yeah, we'll find out here in the near future. It's been you know we're still in the honeymoon stage, so that's right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and you guys did a little bit different, right? You went, I mean, you you actually tied the knot. Was it Vegas, and then you had a little party back here when you came home? Yeah, yeah, we figured, uh, you know, with uh, Danny and family and everything, we should probably put on a little shindig for them, too. But, yeah, I went out in Vegas uh, unplanned and came back a married man and had a little get-together, a little party with friends and family afterwards. And, yeah, somehow uh, Leah, Mr. Calling, between the woodtick and wedding planning, uh, we had a whole wedding plan four days after we got back from Vegas. And uh, wow. you know how she does with the woodtick. So, yeah, she's yeah, quite she the event Mr. planner. there. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool, man. Well, obviously, uh, obviously, a little tongue in cheek there, uh, but actually, you know, honestly, congratulations from both of us. That was pretty cool um, to to see you guys get that done. Um, I, I want to kind of lead into obviously the reason that we're talking to you tonight. Uh, we'll get to the details. There is some big news to talk about coming up. Uh, but Rich alluded to it. Kind of quiet this off season. And 33 events for you on my race pass last year. 20 top fives. 25 top tens two trips to victory lane in 2022 now for the brandon thoroughby that i was introduced to and had watched race for the past couple of years that's kind of a quiet season for you talk to me give me a synopsis kind of how you viewed your season and what you thought about how it all unfolded at the end of the year i was i mean honestly like you said not not too many trips to victory lane but you know the the top fives and top tens out of the total starts and you know a couple dnfs here and there uh, you no, know, we were right there in the hunt. I don't know how many second place I got. You know, I was a bridesmaid more than Leah, I think, has ever been. <laughs> now she's finally a bride. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we we were definitely uh, definitely right there all year. Um, but you know, it's just you know, like we've talked about before. This late model crowd in Michigan's getting stiffer and stiffer every year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's there's never, you know, there's been, you know, a few guys that have dominated, you know, year after year. And, you know, it's been pretty even keel the last two to three seasons, you know, in the dirt late models in Michigan. Um, but no, I was, I was happy overall. Um, but no, just definitely, definitely not as many trips to victory lane as I'd like. You spent a lot of time racing uh, around the state, obviously, uh, racing under Mike Blackmere for a lot of it, uh, you know, between Tri-City and Merritt Speedway, kind of the home tracks for you. Um, But you did branch out as well, I-96 and Winston and and a couple of trips there. Uh, I mean, do you mark this season as successful? You talk about the the competition and obviously, you know, 25 top 10 finishes out of 33 starts. That's, I mean, that's nothing to shake a stick at. There's a lot of guys who would be happy with that, but... I'm just curious, get inside your mindset, inside Brandon Thoroughby racing a little bit. Um, are you guys good with those numbers, or do you look at that and say, we gotta, you know, we're going to try to do better in 2023? Um, you know, it just the, the time and effort that I put towards this last season, I'm happy with. Um, you know, just a lot of things going on in the background at work and, and that kind of deal. But, um, no, I, I'm definitely happy. You know, like I said, the, the time and effort versus – what we ended up on the track, I, I was pretty happy with. And that kind of goes on to this next year. it be a lot less shop time and in the, a lot more in, in at work. So, um, but no, I was happy. And I'm th- I was thinking, Brandon, that it probably wasn't so bad seeing, 
you know, between the last two seasons, you spent too much time in the emergency room and not on the racetrack. Yeah. Um, this had to have been a pretty good year for you to at least get out there and, and not have your season interrupted. <laughs> yeah, until the uh, we ended up not finishing in, as well as we wanted in the Challenge Series race. I got knocked out of the last, I don't know, three and a half races, concussion at the end of the year. But once again, you know, it's just uh, it's like I'm one of these high-profile quarterbacks in the NFL. We do all right all year, and then we're out at the end of the season. How did that How did that come to be? Take me through that, because, you know, obviously in NASCAR and, and the NFL, as you mentioned, right, MLB, they have a concussion protocol. Uh, we don't hear about a lot of local drivers. You know, I mean, honestly, this is a decision you and your family had to make to take you out of that race car, probably with some help from medical professionals as well. Um, but to put yourself kind of in that mindset of, no, I'm not healthy enough to drive, what was that like at the end of the year? Kind of walk me through that process. Yeah, we, we had an incident at Winston Speedway, um, and luckily the following night we rained out, um, but the following week just wasn't feeling myself, just kind of out of it, and finally uh, it was actually on a Wednesday, and I really wasn't feeling well, so I ended up going into um, the emer- emergency room, and basically, yeah, you, you had a concussion, but we don't know how severe it is, and ended up getting an MRI and a CAT scan, and you know, after about eight hours at Munson Medical Center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. Yeah. Did they give you a timeline, or was that something that you were able to set for yourself? Well, it it was a timeline for sure, and then I had to go in and get checked out, and basically I got the gray area. Eh, I, we don't, you know, normally deal with dirt late model racers, so we don't know <laughs> the severity of the track and this and that. And I was like, Oh, well, I'll give her a shot. Well, tri City's normally slick and smooth. Well, it happened to be the roughest night of the year. My buddy Travis flipped right in front of me. And, you know, I just, I ended up pulling in right after that and just didn't chance it. And we had my buddy, uh, Jesse played a race at the following night. You mentioned, uh, well, Rich mentioned it. I mean, this is now, what is this? Three seasons in a row, uh, that you've either raced hurt or been hurt in the car. Uh, obviously we we don't like to talk about that as as race car drivers or in the sport but i mean is that weighing on you at all is that i mean is it getting to you is it bugging you that this has been happening these last couple of years or do you recognize that that's part of it and and these things can happen well i just you know the probability of you know stuff like that happening me being fortunate enough i've been racing you know between go-karts and hydroplane boats since i was you know seven years old and really never having any major, you know, crashes or anything like that. I think Lady Luck, you know, finally finally ran out on me for a couple of years. But, you know, when you've been doing it since you're seven, you know, fortunate not to have any anything major even still to this day, you know, some broken bones here and there and that kind of deal. But, um, you know, it's something when every time you strap in, you don't think about it, but it's always looming in the back of your head somewhere. But, you know, it just... That was one of the reasons why I got out of hydroplane boats. It, uh, we were going so much faster, the safety wasn't getting any better. And, you know, it's just one of those deals. Brandon, before we get into talking about your your announcement that you're going to make, and, and we're glad you came on the show tonight because I saw you teasing everybody on social media just a little bit and you kind of held off on it. But uh, give me your opinion on what you think. Um, you know, the Wilkerson's walking away from Winston Speedway and it's up for sale, but uh, we really haven't heard anything about it. 
Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not really 100% sure um, as far as going forward there. It's a great track. Um, the Wilkerson's did a hell of a job. Um, it, anybody, you know, that's got a passion for the sport would be lucky enough to, to buy it up and, and do their own thing. Um, you know, Jeff and Heidi at, at Thunderbird, you know, that's another deal where, you know, I'm happy for them. I, I hope, you know, wish them the best as well. Well, and I, I kind of like that you brought that up too, uh, because that again is another area that's been a big talking point is with that racetrack going back to Tom Sprague and now Jeff and Heidi, we're going to talk to them coming up here. Actually, once we're done with your interview, we'll, we'll get them on the show, oh, wow. uh, okay. in just a little bit. Uh, you know, th- that that was a big part of social media. It sounds like they're going back to American racers in their late model division, and that's been really a contentious uh, topic of conversation. Uh, we were close, Brandon. We almost had every racetrack in Michigan that runs late models back on the Hoosier racing tires. I think we had Crystal that was still on American racers, and, and uh, you know, Mount Pleasant doesn't really run late models on a regular basis, so can't speak much about them. Um, do you, I mean, we've talked about this over the years. Is this a step backward, uh, to, to now have again, Michigan late models at another racetrack where you're on different tires and, and you guys got to make a decision, uh, what tire they're going to buy based on what racetrack they want to, they want to race at. What's your opinion on that? Well, my opinion and I, you know, it just, that's their their decision. That's their business. That's their sandbox. I'd never talk bad. I'd never, you know, say you're screwing up or sure. you know anything like that. Like I said, I I wish them the best. Um, it just kind of crappy timing as far as you know Hoosier finally getting their head out of their behinds <laughs> and the rest of the uh, late model community is finally getting to this national tire rule and it just the timing of it I guess isn't the greatest. But no, I. You know, with with Thunderbird, it's it's kind of kind of a different breed down there. They're going to get eighteen to twenty late models every night. They're going to pack the stands. Doesn't matter what tires are you know going on the late models. The only thing is, you know, I myself not to be selfish, but I I probably won't be there that much. Um, you know, and you got. Well, it's a separate investment, you know, to kind of look at this, right? You guys are spending whether it's you know your team or whoever you know if you're driving for somebody, you look at the race team. You guys have a budget that you try to work off of for a year. And if you plan on buying tires, whether you're buying used from somebody else or you're buying new straight from the factory, you have that tire budget. And if somebody's different from that, it's an added expense if you want to go run that racetrack uh, because now you're buying a different product that you're only going to be able to use likely at that one racetrack or maybe two racetracks in our state. Uh, I really think, you know, for the fans maybe who don't completely understand it or the other drivers who are listening, that's the way I look at this, Brandon. I don't know if I'm offline or not, but, you know, it's another added expense if you want to run a racetrack that runs different rules. No, I no, I totally get it. Um, you know, prime example, uh, there's been a, say, you know, I'm planning on running uh, Merit on May 6th while well, they rain out. I probably won't be at Thunderbird where if we were on the same tire rule and they were racing, I'd, you know, I'd be there in a heartbeat. That's the, you know, I don't know as if they're Heidi and Jeff, they're, they're going to succeed. I mean, that, that place is a gold mine. Um, yeah. I mean, the fans are great. Everybody there, they support them. I can't say anything indifferent as far as what tire 
they could, they could run good years, you know, but <laughs> they're going to have their, they're going to have their locals that support them. They're going to have their fans that support them. So like I said, I can't, I can't knock them for their choice. And, and I, like I said, they're still going to be successful. Well, Brandon, I got to tell you, you know, I got this little mystery text this week that said, I might want to talk to you. And then a day later, I see a picture that you post uh, with your last name on the door of a race car that sure does not seem to be yours. Uh, why don't you tell everybody what's going on? Uh, we'll be racing for uh, Dave Bowen and Jody Bowen. And, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we've got uh, the car out. I think it's probably got about a dozen nights on it that I ran twice last year. And then we've got another one we're going to pick up. Um, that one that one will have one of our pro powers in it. Um, but you know, basically the deal is, uh, we'll have the two cars and you know, when, you know, the stars align and everything and I don't screw anything up, I'll run one car all weekend, give it back to Dave and, uh, him and Bill and, and the guys, they'll get it ready during the week. And that one that's fresh in Dave's trailer, I'll load up and race that the following weekend and keep swapping them out. So is this a, it sounds like a little bit of a merger, right? Uh, some of your stuff, some of their stuff. Um, explain how this came about. And I guess is I'm assuming that's a benefit for you, uh, not having to work on the race car all the time. Yeah. How it came up. And I mean, Dave may have a different story than myself, but the story he keeps telling everybody is, uh, you know, when he started coming around the track with Frank Cedar, you bought a car from him and he was the new guy around Merritt and, I just went down, introduced myself, and basically him and I just started talking about everything but racing. And, you know, talked to his kids, and following week went down, chatted it up for a while, and he just kept mentioning how I was the most welcoming person, I guess, in the pits when he started coming around Merritt, and that's that's basically how I got the ride. This is, again, for those uh, fans who are listening, this David Bowen obviously used to race, uh, ran the number 33 car uh, for for a couple of years and also uh, put David Melky behind the wheel of that car a couple of times. And David had great success uh, in in that equipment. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, you guys have raced against each other for quite some time. You mentioned, you know, uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier in the interview, uh, again, talking with Brandon Thoroughby, uh, that, you know, your success last year, based on how much time you were able to put in, you're happy with that. Uh, so now this is an interesting avenue for you where you don't necessarily have to worry about all the prep work on that race car the week leading up to going racing. That's going to be kind of a new thing for you. Are you looking forward to it? Are you nervous about it? Tell me how you're feeling about this, uh, this kind of new setup for you. Oh, no, I, I've dreamed about a, a setup like this. Uh, uh, we got uh, Bill Baldwin that's helping Dave, and he does a hell of a job, you know, working on the cars, maintaining them, and, as far as nervousness, no, there's, there's no, there's nothing as far as the couple times I, I race the car, as far as in the back of my head, I see just actually there last weekend helping them out. And no, I, as far as being nervous or anything like that, no, that's just something I've, I've always dreamed about. And, you know, there's not too many people and not to have be arrogant or anything like that, but they they see Colin or myself roll into the track with these big trucks and trailers and all this nice equipment. Well, nobody's going to give us a shot to, to race for somebody because why would you, you know, sure. if they're already racing for the dad and, 
you know, they're doing their own thing. But, no, this is something I've, I've definitely dreamed of. Talk to me about what the setup's going to look like as far as uh, behind the fence, uh, in the pits, that sort of thing. Uh, we don't get into this a lot in the dirt track realm, but it's becoming more and more prevalent to have a crew chief, a guy who understands that car inside and out, uh, to where you can come off the racetrack after qualifying and say it needs this, that, or the other thing, and, and that translates and that can happen. Uh, what is that picture going to look like? Who's turning wrenches? Who's setting up the race car? Uh, are you bringing guys from your team over that you've worked with and kind of know, or is it going to be David's guys? What's that What's that scene going to be in the pits? Oh, it's going to be, I shouldn't say a circus, but Dave's got, he's got a hell of a thing going on. I think he'll, he'll have, you know, every night at Merritt between the mini wedges and the pro stocks and the <laughs> two late models, because Bobby Timmer also races for him. Um, now, Dave and, and Bill, they'll be, you know, basically wrenching on the, the all the big cars. And Dave, before the races, will be doing the mini wedge deal. But no, my guys will be definitely down there helping out. Um, like I said, Bobby Timmer also will be a teammate this, this year. And between, uh, all of us, there'll be definitely enough wrenches to be turned and, uh, definitely enough hands as well. Brandon, what's this going to do for your schedule now? I know last year you were like, well, we're not going to, we're not going to travel or, or, or do much. Are you guys, because you have more time, are you going to add some more races to the schedule? Oh yeah, definitely. We're, uh, we're actually starting off the year, uh, down in Fort Payne, Alabama, the end of February will All be right. our first race. Yep. All right. I like the way you said that, by the way. You've got the pronunciation of Alabama uh, just about down perfect. <laughs> that was pretty good. Talk to me about yeah. uh, talk to me about the goals, right? Uh, anytime that there's a new combo like this, driver, team, uh, owner, you know, the, there's, you know, we've talked with Tyler Roerig about this. We've talked with anybody who, who's going to a new team, new direction. This is a question that I always am intrigued about is how do you set, what are your goals? How do you manage them? Year number one with this new, uh, as Rich mentioned, kind of merger of two teams to make one great big late model program. Well, I mean, I just, you know, with Dave and Jody, um, you know, basically they're, 90% of it, the other 10% is going to be, you know, my stuff and that whole deal. But they've been over and over, even when I raced a couple times last year, is it just have fun. That's, you know, just have fun. You may make a bonehead decision. And Dave always says, I'll be the first one standing there next to the car, wheeling you back on the pit list. So it's a easy going group. Um, couldn't ask for better people. So, a merged program you're going to run more races you're going to start out early this year um sponsors on the car it, it takes that to get up and down the road are you guys merging sponsors or are you bringing your existing ones over uh it's yeah it's a merging deal but the majority of it like i said uh, dave and jody have a hell of a, a trucking company they've got a dust control company and they've got a few other contingency sponsors on top of that but you'll still see thrilby fk and corrigan on the side of the car as well all right so that leads to the only other thing on the side of the car we haven't talked about uh that's not an m14 and it's not a 33 so where did we get 69 to uh, put on the side of the car and and if the story if the story is anything like a thoroughby story can be sometimes try to keep it pg-13 <laughs> hell we can even keep it pg uh no that was the first major talk was you know are we going to be m14 are we going to be m33 are we going to be 
And uh, I don't know. It's more of a marketing ploy than anything. We sold a hell of a lot of T-shirts last year, and everyone's got an M14, so hopefully this year uh, we sell a bunch of 69 shirts. All right. Cool. So it's that simple. You guys just discussed it, and you thought, hey, we think we can sell some 69 shirts. Yep. All right. That's good enough for me, man. That is good enough for me. Uh, Now, listen, I'm excited to get into the pits and hear the real conversation and the real story on how that number came to be. Because, again, it's Brandon (laughs) Thurlby. There's got to be more to the story than that. Uh, Brandon, again, you know, we kind of hit on it. Just excitement, I think, now at this point, right? You, your hands are kind of free. Uh, you can now focus on what you've got going on at work, uh, which has always been a big thing for you. You you know, uh, every interview that you do after having success, you talk about the men and women of Thoroughby Automotive and how important they are in making what you do possible. And uh, now you're able to kind of focus on that aspect of your life of uh, Monday through Thursday and jump behind the wheel of a race car. Uh, as you mentioned, a dream of yours to be a, to be a gear bag guy and just show up at the racetrack with a gear bag. Um, did you, I mean, can you even express the excitement now moving forward to 2023? Oh no. I mean, like I said, it's, it's always been a dream. I, you know, Doug Finley, uh, Chad's uncle, Jeff's brother, he gave me the opportunity back in 2014 and it was excellent. I mean, I, I loved every bit of it. I wasn't as much involved with the business at that time, but I was still pretty heavily involved at the time. Um, but no, I, you know, as far as, and that, that was another group of people. I can't thank uh, the Finleys enough for the opportunity as well. And once again, like you were alluded to earlier, as far as nervousness getting in the car, I had no, you know, they did a hell of a job getting cars prepared and all that, but no, it's, it's been a dream that's for sure and uh no i'm real excited i guess brandon put the put the helmet back on now i want to talk to the the driver sitting behind the wheel um a little more motivation for you now to to try to try to come back after after a couple of rough seasons with a whole new program well i don't know if you ever watch me race rich but i don't leave much on the table (laughs) (laughs) Now it'll be the same guy behind the nut or the loose nut behind the wheel still. So yeah, it'll, uh, no, but like I said, it's, uh, and once again, like Dave always tells me, he isn't, you can come back on the record. We'll fix it. So Well, and I think that's I the conversation can't. because we've talked to guys who do own their own equipment and you know, when you own your own stuff and you got to work on your own stuff, it, it kind of changes your mindset a little bit, uh, you know, as to what you do behind the wheel. And, you know, as you said, you, you always leave it all out on the table. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not like you're an aggressive driver or anything like that, that you're making moves that are tearing up race cars. Uh, but, you know, I think you get the idea that, you know, if you're a hired gun uh, and you know your job is to go out there and just win, you don't have to worry about necessarily the bill or having to fix it. Um, kind of changes the mindset a little bit, I think, is the idea. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, the the as far as the money, as far as going back in, wrecking stuff, you, you guys know that I don't intentionally or try sure. driving over my head, maybe every once in a while, but more alluding to uh, when the track's fast, uh, there's not going to be much crack in the gas. <laughs> yeah, I, like no, I, I wasn't worried about how hard you drive. I've, I've been watching <laughs> you enough from our ethanol days to, to know that um, that is never a problem. I just was thinking maybe the motivation inside your head, like let's go out and get us a championship this year and, and nine wins, 10 wins or, or whatever, if, if there's more inside of you to do that. Oh, no, I, no, definitely. I, uh, I, like I said, I can't, can't thank 
Dave and Jody enough, and I just uh, my biggest goal is just to make them proud. That's all. All right, Brandon. Well, uh, we've pretty well covered everything aside from, uh, you know, asking you how the bachelor party went. So, uh, man, I'm excited. This is pretty cool for you uh, to get teamed up with uh, with with the Bowens and everything. And uh, you mentioned going to Alabama and and everything. Uh, So as your schedule gets more extensive and and kind of expands, where can those Brandon Thurlby fans go to keep up with what you got going on now? Well, we, you know, honestly, we, we haven't really put anything etched in stone at this point. Um, there's a few, uh, I guess Jody wants to hit a race at Eldora. So we'll be there at least once this year. She's never had a car on the track. So okay. we'll put a car on the track for her. maybe a swing to Fairbury and Farmer City one weekend. But other than that, it's just kind of, kind of up in the air, kind of waiting to see you know, are we going to have a challenge series? Are we not? Are we going to have yeah. you know, that kind of deal? So just kind of, kind of an idle right now. Um, Do you think that we, that Brandon we, Thurlby racing page will be a good outlet? You think, or might oh, look yeah. for something yeah, else? Yeah, Leah. Leah does an all right job at that stuff, so <laughs> I'm sure she'll keep everybody updated. Cool. But yeah, then uh, we we've got another brand new Masters built. We're going to pick up um, in March going to go down there put the motor seat oil system in it and then head down to brownstone so yeah i don't know if you mentioned it maybe you did and i missed it what is this chassis that you're running for dave uh masters built that's what i ran actually actually my two most successful seasons i'd consider were in masters built so both both cars uh, will be master builts then yes cool all right and then you mentioned the pro power under the hood uh was that for one of them or for both of them Oh, uh, we have a Durham in uh, the one that we're going to race in Alabama, and then the the new one we're picking up, we're going to put one of my pro powers in. Cool. Well, there you go. That's pretty much the whole puzzle piece uh, put together for you. So, uh, man, I, I just want to say thanks for uh, breaking the news with us here on Horsepower Happenings. Uh, you've always treated us great, and we appreciate that. And uh, I know, Rich, you were pretty excited when you texted me and said, man, Leah just said Brandon's driving for somebody next year. we got to get him on the show. This is a pretty, yeah, this is a pretty big deal. That's tough when you get a te- from a text from one of your friends. She said, but you can't say anything. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're telling somebody in the media something and I can't say anything. That's right. Oh, geez. Uh-huh. Just like Danny Christmas Eve. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, man, I uh, do want to wish you the best of luck. You, uh, you know that you'll see us along the way this season and uh, really excited to see what you guys do down south in Alabama to get things started. And then, of course, uh, just like you, we're all waiting to see what's going to happen up here with uh, the 2023 season. But we know you guys will make the best out of it. So good luck. All right. Well, thanks for having me tonight, guys. All right. That's Brandon Thurlby now going to be the driver for uh, David Bowen in that number 69 machine. Look for him at a racetrack near you. Well, that was pretty cool having Brandon come on the program. Good luck to him and and that race team. Uh, That's a whole different deal for him. But uh, we need to switch gears now because it is the third Monday of the month already. Can't believe that. And it is. Yeah. This winter is rolling by and it is time for gary did you know gary lindahl welcome into horsepower happening well good to be with you guys again it's amazing how quick this goes and it is quiz number 22 wow and and the the fans have come close but it's still over nobody has gotten all four yet really nope wow well, i don't know man I, I i had a chance to see these questions ahead of time uh kind of got a preview of them rich I'm not sure that this week's going to go any different. It could, it could, it might. You never know. 
but I don't I, I don't like our odds uh, here. I think Gary might have them snookered again. Well, we're gonna give it we're gonna give it a shot. Uh, quiz number twenty two, Gary. Uh, let's kick it off. Question number one. All right. Question number one, and these are a little bit as we've always done a little play on words, and those are fun. All right. Here we go. Number one, you could pay for your thoughts with this open wheel driver. I like the play on words. I never came up with the name, but I do like the play on words on this one. Exactly. And when you think about it, when you go back and think about it, you're going, oh, yeah, that does make sense, don't yep. it? Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to, that's one of the ones when I looked at it, I said, I, I think somebody's going to get that one. Yeah. I think so. I would think so. I don't know. Question number two. Yes. This late model driver is an original lucky dog. See, on that one, I don't know the connection. I know the driver, but I don't know the connection. Gary, what was the well, connection with the lucky dog? Um, you've seen the side of the car from time to time. You'd know that. I guess I don't. And that's all I'm going to give you. Okay. I don't go to that track enough. <laughs> or I hadn't been to that track That's all you enough. get. <laughs> okay. Uh, so... This late model driver was an original lucky dog. That was question number two. All right, Gary, question number three. Okay, he's a good friend of mine. Known him for years and years and years. Hall of Fame photographer Tom DeVette got his start at a track that could toast his accomplishments. That's like raising a glass as a toast, I think, right? Not yes, like, not like. Yeah, I'm not talking about making toast as a toaster. <laughs> I'm talking about raising a glass. Now, I thought you I know. knew the answer to this one when I saw this come up uh, because he's been pretty active. Here's a hint. He's been pretty active on social media over the last couple of weeks. I thought I knew the yes, answer. Yes, he is. I thought I knew the answer, but I actually uh, was way offline. So uh, this is a pretty cool one. Yeah, yes, it is. But somebody should be able to get it. All right, well, we'll find out. But Gary, by all means, don't time. go and ask Tom on Facebook, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> All right, Gary, okay. it's on you, man. Question number four. Question number four. And I watched this gentleman race for quite a few years. And uh, uh, <clears throat> they called this driver stinking. And it didn't bother him. <laughs> I, I got, I've got i got a hint in mind, but I really think it'll give the whole thing away. So I'm not going to even go there. Not even yeah, going to go there. That. I won't do it. But uh, that's a good one. I like the play on words once again. It's good stuff. There you go. All right, Gary. Well, this is a, a good one. Fan, there's a couple fans that are from Gary's era that probably would get this one. I think if I it would was, think so. If it was a common nickname, because all those guys back then, what Ben Hur even had a nickname, right, Gary? Yeah, a lot of them did. A lot of those guys had nicknames over. You know, I mean, they what, did. What do you think's going to be? You the, know, which I always thought What do you think's going to be the schnooker question this week? I, I think it might be number three. Actually, I think. Uh, because these names are 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 pretty good, uh, but number three with Tom could be a tough one. Yeah, you're right. So, all right, you're right. cool. Well, uh, Gary, we always appreciate the work you put in on this. Gary, did you know if you missed the questions, uh, well, you could just go back and listen again because it's the Horsepower Happenings. It's available anytime online. Uh, but also look for the graphic on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page this week, um, or if you don't have Facebook. New here uh, launched a couple of weeks ago, thanks to Scott Menlin. You can also uh, find it on our website, horsepowerhappenings.com, and there's directions on how you can submit your answers that way as well if you don't have Facebook. So 
hey, Menlin opened that can of worms, so don't look at me like that, Richard. And, and we have a brand new graphic for 2023. We got a lot going on. We got a lot going on. Everything's going on. I like yeah. that, too. Yeah, so there you go. Gary, my man, we appreciate you so much. Like we appreciate you and uh, your quiz. Thank you for what you do. And uh, we're looking forward to see if anybody knows what Gary knows this week. Well, all righty. Uh, see you Saturday, Rich. Yes, I will see you Saturday at the banquet. Yep. See you Saturday, then. All right, Gary. We'll see you. All right, man. Bye. Well, Zach, silly season is uh, once again not just affecting drivers and race cars, but uh, racetracks are again changing hands this season. After a couple of years of speculating that it was on the market, uh, Crystal Motor Speedway has officially been sold. A Sunday afternoon Facebook post broke the news saying Ron Flynn had made it official and sold the racetrack. The new owners are Jacob LeBaron and Steve Vernon. According to the Post, uh, the Speedway went on to say that uh, while Vernon and LeBaron will own the facility, Brian LeBaron will be the promoter and day-to-day operations manager, uh, according to Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame scorer uh, and longtime Crystal Crystal Motor Speedway employee, Sue Lincoln. Flynn had promoted Crystal for over 30 years. She said he was also the second longest promoter in Michigan with 45 years under his belt promoting Ionia Fairground Speedway, I-96 Speedway, and finally Crystal. And everyone here at Horsepower Happening, Zach, would like to wish Ron well on his retirement and congratulate him on a very successful career. Yeah, this racetrack, it feels like, has been for sale for like 10 years, uh, which is an extreme exaggeration, but you'd been hearing about it, you know, kind of the scuttlebutt. Oh, I think Crystal's for sale. I think Ron's getting out. You know, Ron might be on his way out. Uh, of course, you know, everyone knows Ron's been battling some health issues over the last couple of years. So I'm glad for him and for his wife uh, that they were able to sell it, able to get out, enjoy some retirement time. And uh, uh, we have, by the way, been in contact with Brian uh, LeBaron. Look for some more information about this uh, changeover and what's to come for Crystal Motor Speedway coming up later on this week as we reached out to him. Okay, Rich, well, I tell you what, as exciting as that is, they weren't the only ones to make an announcement about selling a racetrack this month. Uh, it's our pleasure now to welcome in Heidi and Jeff Morrell, who are the new promoters at Thunderbird Raceway. Uh, lady and gentlemen, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for joining us tonight. Well, guys, uh, welcome into the program. Uh, as we get started here, uh, I guess first and foremost, welcome into the promoting business. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, you know, Heidi, I know that you... Uh, for sure have a background with uh, dirt track racing. Usually you're on the back side of a lens, I believe, is kind of your history that you've had with this sport. But uh, let everybody know, introduce yourselves to everybody uh, who doesn't know you and kind of give us an overview of, of, of who Heidi and Jeff are real quick. Well, I've been a track photographer at University since um, reopened it in 2016. So I've been very involved with that, taking pictures, working with the drivers and everything that they need. Jeff um, has been in the dirt track racing business for about 40 years. Jeff is a former driver, is that um, right? Pardon? I say Jeff is a a former driver, is that right? No, he's not a former driver. He's been working on a lot of, has worked on a lot of different crews, both at Mount Pleasant, Crystal, Winston, and obviously Thunderbird. Okay. All right. Very good. So you guys have a, a deep background with the sport. Uh, you know, Rich, uh, one of the things that I always like to ask of people who are either new to purchasing the racetrack or new to promoters is what in the world 
are you thinking? Uh, as a former driver, I can tell you right now, I would much rather get a race car again and go racing than to have to deal with, you know, 150 of me on a weekly basis uh, while trying to promote a racetrack. So, uh, you know, we understand in a press release that was put out that, that this has kind of been a dream of your guys's to try to promote a racetrack. So tell me about that dream. Tell me about why you guys uh, wanted to try to promote Thunderbird Raceway. Well, um, Jeff has always wanted to own a racetrack. So things came to fruition, and now he's going to own a racetrack. Um, he's, just, he's just passionate about dirt track racing, as so am I. And um, we just saw the need that, you know, with everything that was going on with Thunderbird, that we just needed to step up and see what we could do. And everything kind of came in place, and here we are. Yeah, Jeff, I got a question for you. So uh, everybody read the press release and and the way it's that, you know, that that Mike had released it was that Tom bought it back and gave it to you guys. Um, explain it. How, how did that conversation go and how did that go down? Um, Tom did have some kind of agreement with him to essentially buy back the truck. And then as soon as that went down, then he turned around and financed it and sold it to us. And we've been asking him about it for a while. <laughs> we, we didn't have any idea that he was going to sell it to Blackman when he did, and we might have tried for it back then. <laughs> so so uh, just so that we know for, you know, uh, you know, getting the labeling right, uh, is it is it Heidi and Jeff Morrell who own Thunderbird Raceway now, or is it Tom Sprague who owns it and you guys are promoting it? Okay. Okay. Fantastic. So it was kind of just a, a a little. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like a little little ring there that just kind of happened with Mike and Tom and you guys uh, all making this happen. So obviously Tom's going to have a role in 2023. We saw him talk about that. Um, what are you guys hoping to get out of him uh, as you kind of work through your first season? What do you look for from Tom? Obviously, you guys are going to have things that you want to do, uh, and Tom has, has several years of, of great uh, promoting under his belt at Thunderbird. What do you guys look to lean on him for? I would say every bit of knowledge out of him that I, that I possibly can. <laughs> He's done this for a long time. And I just want him to hang around and be part of and be part of the whole thing because he's he has done a lot more than people can ever realize for racing and and for Thunderbird Raceway. So this is this is pretty fresh and new. Um, a lot of racetracks have put out schedules. When are you guys looking to have your 2023 schedule released? I would say time for that. Just uh working on different things and some different um, series that want to talk to us. So we're waiting on different um, sponsorships. So that's right now what we're planning on doing is as soon as we get all that stuff together, we'll put out the schedule. Guys, talk to me about, uh, you know, before the schedule can come out, you guys have already released some of your rules. Uh, And I I think it's, you know, obviously that part of things, is so tough, and and I think any decision that you make about rules is going to irritate somebody. But when you've got a premier class like late models, uh, a lot of people are going to be eyeing that. And 
that was a big discussion piece this week on social media when that rules package came out with the tire rule and the, and the change there for Thunderbird that kind of goes back to the way things were before Mike Blackmer was was involved. Talk to me about that decision because uh, it's not one that's taken lightly in the state of Michigan uh, with the tire rule. We talked to Brandon Thoroughby just before we had you guys come on about his opinion on it, and obviously, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that races on Hoosier racing tires religiously. Um, so discuss that the 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 mindset or or the I guess straightforward is the reasoning behind reverting Thunderbird Raceway back to an American racer track? Well, um, Tom has ran American racers the whole time he was on the track. And going from a driver's standpoint of view, which I have never driven, but going from the driver's standpoint of view and the late models, they they do want the Hoosiers. Um, But also as a business, if that driver was a business owner, you have to look at the the common sense of what's going to be best for our drivers that are always there every single week and their budgets and making sure that our local track and our drivers are taken care of. And I think that's commendable too. You know, uh, one of the things that we talked about off the air is I, and I had said that is I, I think this is a decision for your local guys that are there each and every week, uh, you know, not making a decision for the guys who might come down if there's a rain out or, or a night off. Um, so you guys obviously have done the work. Uh, you've taken the tally and taken the time to talk to your drivers. They, those local guys wanted you guys back on American racers. It must be. Yeah, basically. Cause it's cheaper. Yeah. It, it, it's really kind of the hardest decision of my life because just, you know, last year I was doing a red stock in the car and helped on the cars. And, you know, you just get tired of this year, year after year after year, the changing the tires, you know. But um, the, the American racers are $50 cheaper a tire. <laughs> That's a lot of money in today's market. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, for sure. Let's talk about... Yeah. That's how we really looked at it. Yeah, and I mean, when you if you think you guys can save, you know, we're talking about two hundred dollars a car at that point. I mean, yeah, that's some serious cash. Let's talk about some of the other things. Uh, Thunderbird Raceway's got a good uh, weekly division of race cars. Uh, are we looking for all those same weekly divisions to make a return to Thunderbird here in twenty three? Yes. And and I, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that up just a little bit. Um, what kind of a footprint are you guys going to put on with, with special shows maybe that you're trying to do that maybe Thunderbird hasn't in the past, or is this going to, is it going to look like um, a Tom Sprague Thunderbird from a couple of years ago to get you guys started? <laughs> That's probably what we're going to end up doing. Um, again, we have to collect all our sponsors and the ink's really not dry yet for everything. So we're, we're organizing everything and trying to get all of our sponsors in place. We have some people that are uh, actually coming back. And once we get all that, we will be able to do some different things with the schedule and different specials. What do you got? Let me ask your guys uh, opinion on something. Obviously the other news on in your area was, um, you know, Dean and Lynette are not coming back to Winston. Um, that has not been sold. No other further announcements I'm assuming you're looking 
to draw some of those dro- those drivers um, regularly as well. Uh, yes. Well, uh, and we probably will. We will probably be, it's going to be divided up between us and Crystal probably. Crystal is running ARs as well. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, that announcement just came out over the weekend as well with uh, Crystal getting new owners. Uh, are, are you guys, uh, obviously you've got Tom Sprague in your back pocket, which is such a big, uh, you know, a great asset for you guys, but have you started pounding the streets and making those connections with other promoters? I mean, how much of that goes on for, for the new promoter to try to make those connections? Obviously, you've got new promoters now uh, just across the state of Crystal, but, you know, you've got veteran promoters around you as well. Obviously, Mike... Uh, who was, you know, in the process of owning Thunderbird Raceway at one point, uh, you know, and then down at Hartford and things of that nature. Have you guys, uh, you know, started with the working relationships with other promoters across the state yet? Well, um, Brian LeBaron happened to call one day when we were in a meeting with Tom, and he knows who we are. He's got our numbers, and we are going to be reaching out to him. I already know the owners of Hartford, so they've already – you know, congratulated us and everything. Fortunately, because I've done, everybody knows my photography work for dirt track racing. Um, I, we know a lot of, a lot of the same people that Tom does and we're looking forward to going to the promoters meeting in March so we can really get to know everybody and network and build some relationships and maybe all of us work together and making sure our local tracks stay healthy and can run and the guys have, and women have plenty of places to race. Uh, talk to me about uh, what it is. You know, Rich mentioned it. Is it just going to kind of look like a Tom Sprague season for 2023? But you guys must have some plans. Uh, you guys got to have some things that you want to do. Uh, what is the Heidi and Jeff Morell, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, flair or, or you know, taste going to be? What are some things that you guys have for goals this season um, or is it just to try to get through, right, and just, you know, get through the 23 season without having anything blow up in your face? Uh, is that is that the goal, or do you have some other things that you'd like to maybe do? We are actually going to follow what Tom did um, in 2021. Okay. Um, it's pretty straightforward and simple. Um, we're gaining different things for uh, different specials. We've been talking about the um, Midwest Compact. We've got we're going to have a mini wedge invitational sometime during the season. We are looking at possibly doing some other things with the sprint. Oh, I love to hear that. I got to tell you right now, I love to hear that. Uh, I, I announced the Great Lakes Super Sprints, and uh, I got to tell you that it, I've said this, Rich. You can back me up on this. Thunderbird Raceway puts on one of the best. Great Lakes Super Sprint shows ever. Uh, so, and I'll tell Barry that too, and I'll tell you guys that. So, I don't know what you guys got to do. Whatever it takes to make that happen, you fully have my support. Uh, because I'm telling you, I love going to Thunderbird. The, the guys sometimes don't make the trip. We get about 18 to 20 cars up there at Muskegon, but it's one of the best shows of the season. And I'll tell any fan that, whoever asks me, what race do you like? It's I-96 and Thunderbird Raceway for sprints. They put on such a good show there. Right, right. And so it is a lot of fun. The track is wonderful. I mean, I, I just, I have loved being part of that place. 
And now we're really part of it. <laughs> yeah. Tom, Tom Sprague put on his Facebook page, Rolling Thunder will make a return this year. He's going to make sure that happens. Obviously, that's yeah. a big undertaking. That's a big weekend. Talk to me about that uh, that weekend for Thunderbird. That's kind of the, the big weekend. Every racetrack has theirs. Merritt with Woodtick, uh, you know, and, and, of course, Thunderbird, Rolling Thunder is the big weekend for you guys. How excited are you to get that going from a promoter standpoint now? We're excited. I mean, we're, and we've been involved with it already, so we're kind of um, we're already prepared for that. <laughs> well, guys, I think one of the the biggest things that you know makes uh, racetrack successful is is that uh, kind of transparency. Uh, and, and you guys have been right there kind of at the forefront of everything as this transition takes place. Schedules on the way. Rules are already released. Um, if anybody, you know, and Brandon Thurlby said it too in the interview, uh, you guys kind of have the perfect storm there. Fans support that racetrack all the time. Drivers support that racetrack really well all the time. Uh, if you guys open the doors, uh, you know, it's almost like such a well-oiled machine. It'll almost run itself. I'm not undermining the hard work that you guys are going to have to do and that Tom has done. Uh, but you got to be happy for that aspect of it. You look around in that place. The, the fans pack that place every weekend. The pits are packed every weekend. Um, it's just it's such a great little racetrack that has such great support. We want to bring the fun back. We want to really bring the uh, family aura. We have a lot of mini wedges at that track. So we have a lot of families, and we want to see the, the mini wedge drivers grow into better drivers. We just, we just have a lot of fun, and we want to make sure everybody has fun, and they want to keep coming back. And I guess if, if, if I'm going to jump in the driver's seat and, and ask you a question from the driver's side, <clears throat> what are you guys going to do with the pay? It was a little different last year uh, with Mike running it. Uh, than it than it was the year before with Tom. Are you guys still waiting on your sponsors to figure out what you're going to, what your pay structure is going to be like for your weekly divisions? We're just basically going to back up a, a year, and our pay structure will be pretty, pretty close, not exact, but pretty close to what Tom was doing when he sold the track. Now, having said that, though. As as we move forward, we get a couple of race, few races under our belt. We want to. Um, our goal is, and we already have some some stuff. That people, we need to go talk to some potential sponsors that um, will just allow us to add, you know, add on to those feature uh, payouts and stuff, and make some. Small special events. We're not doing any of that big pie in the sky stuff. We're not, we're not ready for that yet. So we're just going to do our local thing. Try to get some of the the pay up there halfway decent on a few of the specials, and just do our regular what we do. Yeah, you know, and have fun. Hopefully, we really got to get people to have fun again. Uh, with that uh, in the have fun mantra i can only expect that uh we'll see some of those classic faces come back in 23 uh my buddy jeremy i know uh was a great voice there at thunderbird raceway up there in in the announcer's booth and then of course uh you know you got a real colorful guy that's always in the flag stand there at thunderbird you guys bringing back a lot of those familiar faces jeremy's coming back our announcer we we had a new uh flag man 
last year, uh, Scott, and he's going to be coming back again this year. So we had a little minor change there, but it, it kind of had already been made. So we're just kind of we're sticking with it. We're not making any wholesale changes. We know all the people that work there, uh, and they're all try. I think try pretty hard. Yeah, I like this. The idea: don't rock the boat. Uh, unlock the <laughs> gates and. And let let the fun begin. It sounds like is the uh, way it's going to be at Thunderbird Raceway in 2023. Uh, for both of you, if anybody is listening to this and they you know maybe have some questions of their own, uh, where's the best place for them to go to kind of maybe even get the conversation started or look for more information on what they can expect out of Thunderbird Raceway in 2023? They can go to the Thunderbird Raceway Facebook page, and that's just there. Okay, message. And we'll be, they just need to keep an eye on that because we're going to be posting things and hopefully uh, everybody will uh, be able to see what we're doing and come and have fun with us. Well, folks, uh, we're we're uh, excited for you here at Horsepower Happenings. We wish you the best of luck. And, uh, you know, again, you got to get that GLSS date secured so I can get up there to Thunderbird Raceway <laughs> and uh, see one of the best shows of the summer. So just giving you a hard time on that one for sure. But, folks, uh, good luck, best of luck. Excited to see new faces in our sport and behind the promoter's chair. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. Hope everything goes well for you this year. Well, thank you, Dave. We appreciate it. All right, well, great to uh, get a chance to catch up with Jeff and Heidi uh, and kind of introduce uh, everybody to them. I mean, new to this game, right? I mean, taking photos is a lot different than promoting a racetrack. But, Rich, uh, as we mentioned in the interview, they got Tom Sprague in their back pocket, and I know he's going to be a big asset to them getting started and getting their feet established underneath of them here in 2023. Yeah, and I think if you simplify it, Zach, if you just take out 2022, um, that's what you're going to get in 2023 i mean it's kind of a carry-on let's let's get the gates open let's get the fans back in let's get our drivers back uh it's going to be an extension of 20 you know 2021 the way it was and um then they can worry about you know once they kind of get their feet wet uh adding special shows sponsors stuff like that getting all the pay down um but yeah you gotta you gotta have a have a plan to go in with and if you already had a had a plan that worked before not a bad one to go with you know, uh, we, it's time now in our program where we take a look at the upcoming calendar and uh, Berlin Raceway promoter uh, Jeff Striegel posted on his Facebook page on Saturday that every Saturday so far in the month of January was nice enough that they could have raced at Berlin Raceway. No snow on the ground, sun shining, and temperatures above freezing. And that just got my bug itching, ready to go for race season 2023. But Rich, uh, we have to wait. There's not anything going on in our area right now because traditionally there's three foot of snow on the ground up here. Uh, but we do have some friends who are getting ready to race with, uh, you know, they're getting ready to turn up the wick down south here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we've been we've been um, kind of teasing this just a little bit, uh, let you know it was coming up. Well, inside of two weeks away now, Speedfest 2023, the 2023 Champion Racing Association season opener. Uh, at Watermelon Capital Speedway in Cordial, Georgia. Uh, that's coming up uh, a week from Friday and Saturday, so less than two weeks. Speedfest 2023 will consist of a $10,000-to-win co-sanctioned ASA CRA Super Series and the ASA Southern Super Series, a 150-lap super late-model non-points event. Uh, the Jake CRA All-Stars Tour, presented by Chevrolet Performance, will have a non-points 100-lap pro late-model feature event. And also, in addition, 
the Southern Outlaws will stage a 50-lap feature. The Legend Cars will have a 25-lap feature. And the Bandoleros will have a 15-lap feature. You can get more information on this event at uh, CRARacing.com. And it is my understanding that it will also be available on Racing America if you can't make your way down to southern Georgia. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to strapping in here at home and hearing you call the action uh, alongside Adam Mackey with the Jeg CRA All-Stars Tour. And uh, then, of course, Southern Super Series uh, they'll be handling that portion of things as well with the Super Series side of things and some great local racing there as well. I fully plan on tuning in with Racing America, so hopefully that is the case because uh, that's my plan is to be able to watch from up here in the mitten. Now, other things coming up. Speed Weeks is just a couple of weeks uh, coming up. As a matter of fact, uh, they have some events getting set to kick off this week. East Bay Raceway Park will get things started uh, here at the end of the week, January 18th, and they'll be in action all the way through for a whole month through February, uh, they're going to get started with some things this week. Highlights include Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. They'll get their season kicked off February 5th through the 11th. Then you sprint car fans, you already know, All-Star Circuit of Champions will invade February 13th and 14th. 360 sprint cars February 15th through the 18th. Then you go to Volusia Speedway Park for the Sunshine Nationals January 18th through the 21st. That's this weekend. And then, of course, World of Outlaw Late Models, Pro Late Models, 602 Crates, and, of course, the Dirt Car Nationals will kick off there from Volusia on February 6th. So it's getting set to be a fun time, getting set to be an exciting time for race fans all across the country. As once Speed Weeks is kind of in the books, you look to the World Series uh, of uh, Racing, the World Series Stock Car Festival at New Smyrna. And then after that, I mean, it's, it's time, right? Dust them off, pull the tarps, and get ready to go racing back up here in our region. Yes, it's about this time of the year when you the script gets a little bit fuller, right? It's yeah. getting a little fuller, a little more stories, a little more stories. Uh, we should not have a problem through February, for sure. We're going to have enough news to report, and and hopefully we can get some of the guys, uh, maybe that 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 pick up some big trophies. Uh, on the program that'd be pretty cool too a couple of things to look for this week of course gary did you know don't forget to find that graphic on facebook or uh, go to our website for more information on how you can participate there also look for more information on the selling of crystal motor speedway coming up this week details already released on the great lakes super sprint series schedule we'll have more on uh, the brandon thoroughby david bowen pairing coming up this week on horsepower happenings and also uh, look for our show next week where uh, we'd like to try to get a hold of uh, the young driver, Darren Nida, who was the best finishing Michigan driver at the Tulsa or at uh, the Chili Bowl Nationals. Had a great showing. Actually uh, finished up front in one of his events there. Just got buried in the alphabet soup on Saturday. So uh, we'll look to talk to him and so much more coming up next week. Same time, same place right here on another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.